Hey, this is Che, and this is a Roleplay Rescue bonus call-in episode. As you know, I love call-ins to the show. They're a big part of what I like about podcasting, and I especially love answering questions, although I don't get quite as many questions as I perhaps might enjoy. Recent feedback from listeners does, however, indicate that some of the longer comments and feedback I receive is not to everyone's taste, at least in the main episodes. So to try and address this, going forward, I aim to release some bonus episodes. And this is the first, containing nothing but call-ins and a few of my responses. I will be including one or two shorter messages in main episodes as I go forward, so please do call in. But the plan is to move the majority of call-ins to these bonus shows. My hope is that given a few weeks following an episode's release, call-in shows could present perhaps a more thematic response from you guys. Anyway, I hope that makes sense. I hope you'll be fine. I hope you'll continue to call in. And there is an actual bonus on that. I've also set up a SpeakPipe account for Roleplay Rescue. So you can now leave uh, up to a five-minute long message via speakpipe.com slash Roleplay Rescue. So that's speakpipe, S-P-E-A-K-P-I-P-E dot com slash Roleplay Rescue. And I hope you guys will continue to call in. Let's get into it. Hey, Trey, just listen to Roleplay Rescue 1010, I think, um, where you laid out your idea for your open world game. And yeah, man, it sounds great. I wish you the best on that. If my schedule allows, I will take part in that. If not, I will follow the progress with anticipation. And yeah, it, it sounds like a great plan and it's definitely enticing. So keep up the great work, hang in there and run the games you want to run, my friend. That's the key. If you, if you run it, they will come. So we'll talk to you later. Take care. Thank you, Jason, for your call in. Kicking it off there with comments on that hex crawling vibe, episode 10 from season 10, where I was looking at what would happen if I took a classic hex crawl game structure, Rob Connolly's revised Wilderlands of High Adventure hex maps, which are available on Drive Through RPG and the Dungeon Fantasy role playing game rules. And actually, we've had two sessions as I sit here and record this, which has been absolutely brilliant. Good friends of mine, Shandy Andy and Leslie, have been coming along to the Jack in the Box store in Ripley, Derbyshire, here in the UK, on the alternate Friday nights. We're gaming from about 6.30 through to about 9.30, 10 o'clock in the evening when the shop closes, and it's been a blast. It's been absolutely great. And it turns out that Jason isn't the only one who had something to say on the subject. Hey, Jay, it's Brian. Listening to the last episode of your pod and then also the last couple of the journal, I keep coming back to the image that I have in my mind, and it may only be relevant for me, but the way that you're building not just your, I'd say, personal games with game groups, but the way that you're helping to foster and build games for your club, I imagine one day being able to walk into the classroom and seeing it filled with with all of the students gaming running games themselves, totally immersed, and just just walking by and saying, you know, Af- afternoon, everyone, how's how's the water? And and then I would just leave, and they'd eventually look up, and, and they'd just say to each other, what the hell is water? <laughs> because that's it. It's just, I think that's it. You're immersing them in the game. So much so that they, they move beyond all the arguments and worry we have over the rules. I like that you keep coming back to the to the to the FKR the the free Kriegspiel and 
you know, when I say that in the way that I've been looking into it, it's, as it probably should be, a loose interpretation. You know, it's not necessarily just roll one die, 2d6 or something and, and make a few rules up and go. But just the fact that the immersion comes first, the play comes first, and it sounds like that's exactly the way that you've set up some open table or pickup games with with GURPS. And the way that you've set it up, I, I would reckon that anyone who does walk in and play that with you would have no idea, you know, or, or even think that it may be more complex. It's, it's probably to the point where, again, almost like FKR style, they're not concerned about the rules, just the game. Cheers. Thank you, Brian. It's great to hear from you. Thanks for your calls. A couple of different things there. So I guess I better first talk about the school club and let everybody know, really, that um, come the 1st of April 2022, I will be uh, resigned. Well, I have resigned from my job as a school teacher at the school I currently work in in Nottinghamshire, and I will be actually becoming a bit of a freelance agent teacher, going and working uh, in various different sort of short-term contracts. Basically, the whole kind of full-time secondary school thing is driving me insane so that means the gaming club at the school has been handed over to my colleague Mr Marks who has taken on a brilliant role there but what was really interesting was what Brian was saying a moment ago the other day I was wandering around the club and I, I basically don't have to stay very long anymore because it's very very much a case that the players the gamers there they're all doing their own thing the club has grown to about 15 students there are now there's a starfinder game and two big D games going on there's also a doctor who role-playing game game going on and you know what well, they just don't need me which is of course exactly the way it should be i guess it's testament to what kids can do when you just give them the tools and you say hey go play on the second point Regarding like the Wilderlands game, I don't think we're in the FKR mode at all. I actually, to be honest with the rule books are at a table with us, and we've been playing the Dungeon Fantasy role playing game powered by GURPS. And, um, you know, the guys are kind of like aware of rules and then in some ways uh, enjoy that aspect of things. But it is very much more dialed down than perhaps previously in my gaming experience. Uh, we've had, uh, you know, much more behind the screen. And um, we've just been playing a pretty traditional dungeon game actually the first two sessions they've just been down a dungeon they've been enjoying themselves it's been a really good laugh i have to say hand on heart i don't think i've laughed quite as much in quite a few years probably two or three years now i think coming back out of the pandemic into face-to-face gaming with this game it's really easy i was saying to shandy andy just the other night that actually it's wonderfully liberating is you know to run an open table game a dungeon crawl hex crawl game minimal prep from the gm perspective little drip 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 of like extra stuff you can put into the game and just delightful to get around the table and roll dice together we've been having so much fun and on top of that contrary to popular belief we've had a really strong sense of these characters being you know the equivalent of those first level classic D&D characters kind of vulnerable but um just enough detail in the way in which we play and enough detail in the way the characters are built to actually make them all genuinely interesting to us and unique to us so we are open to new players. There's plenty of space around the table. Um, but, yeah, it's been an awful lot of fun. And, and I just hope that we can keep it going, at least for a few months. Which brings me to Evil Jeff's call. Hey, Jay. It's Evil Jeff. Just listen to your inherently valuable podcast. And it got me to thinking. Um, 
kind of thinking to how do I interact with my minions and even going back into my memory and thinking, you know, how did my parents interact with me? And uh, you were saying that you're made to feel not adequate. And I kind of you know, wondered in my head, did I ever have that myself? And I finally came back to a point where I had a little bit of something like that. I went back into memory and back to the time when I was playing youth baseball at our church. They had a league that was uh, basically first through sixth grade, had two divisions, one the smaller group, first through third, and then fourth through sixth. And at the end of my time there, uh, you know, as we were finishing up the season, I remember a gentleman asking my dad if I was going to go play uh, what they call Pony League ball, which would have been uh, the youth sports and everything. That would have been, uh, you would have looked at maybe fifth grade to eighth grade, possibly. Uh, so time-wise, 11 through 14. And, you know, my dad asked me about it. And that's probably the only time I knew I was not adequate enough. Because, as he pointed out, that the pitching was a lot faster. I'd have to be better at hitting, which I wasn't the greatest hitter in baseball. I was a great defensive person, playing second base and everything. You know, but never a great batter or anything. And my dad told me, you know, if I was going to play, it was going to be hard because I may not be adequate enough. But he also pointed out that I wasn't living up to my potential because he had offered a couple times over the years, you know, hey, you want to, you know, go get some batting practice, go to a batting cage, things like that. And I kind of wonder, was I not adequate enough because I wasn't living up to the potential I had? Or did I not have enough potential and I couldn't be adequate enough for playing in those bigger, that older league. And it's an interesting way of dissecting and everything. But I understand how you feel and how you were treating everything. And I think about that with my minions and making sure that I, myself, am not promoting them not feeling adequate. But pushing them to live up to the potential that I know that they have. You know, they've got the ability to do things and getting them to work for that, you know, to put in that effort so they can live up their potential is really what a lot of parenting is about. But I also have watched some of their teachers over the years. And Minion Bravo has even mentioned this, where certain teachers push the kids because they know they've got the potential. They don't want them to be adequate enough. They want them to live up to the potential that they really have. Uh, thanks for letting me think about that and ramble on. Keep up the great work. And your games are always adequate enough for me. Actually, more than adequate enough. You know, been a great game master. All the games that you, 
led me through. And I look forward to more times out there in the Northern Isles. And if we can ever get back out into space, I mean, hey, when's that, when's that game coming back, huh? I'm jonesing for the space adventure. Later. Thank you, Evil Jeff. Great to hear from you. And okay, let's just deal with the space thing first. So come the 1st of April, I'm out of school and I've got a good two-week break. Deb and I are taking a second week of the Easter week, Western uh, Christian Easter week. We're going to have that time together. But the week before that, from the 2nd through till, was it about the 9th or 10th, uh, I am going to be free. And so there's already a doodle poll out there for players who are interested in coming and get involved in the game just referring to, which is the Serene Dawn game, which is played in the Third Imperium universe, which is sometimes known as the Traveller universe, and it's been powered by GURPS. We've had two sessions at Christmas time, and I did say I was going to run this at the major holidays for school. I guess that might become a bit more flexible now, as I'm going to be basically unemployed. Um, but, you know, as a doodle poll going, we've got six places at the table, so, you know, come on, Jeff, get yourself signed up. On the whole inadequacy adequacy thing uh thank you very much you're responding there to episode nine inherently valuable in which i kind of opened it with the the, the sense that i didn't when i grew up i didn't feel adequate uh, and what i think i was talking about really was the messages that society gave me that parents gave me teachers gave me adults in the community and even the kids around me the message clearly was you don't fit in you're not like us and the expectations of other people i found very very crippling especially as a younger person i'm really glad that you've sort of been musing on that and as a parent i guess it must be a very very difficult thing to know how to balance that thing you know that stuff you were talking about that a whole thing of you know they've got huge potential all human beings do but at the same time kind of encouraging them forward uh, without crushing the dreams that those individual kids might actually have and as a teacher i know that's a really difficult thing to do I don't have any immediate answers, although the episode is really about starting with acceptance. I genuinely believe the most useful thing we can do for young people and people generally around us in our culture is to accept them for who they are, to understand that the people are different, and that's okay. Anyway, thank you for your thoughts, Jeff. I really do appreciate them. I guess there's just one last call to deal with. This one's, well, a little unexpected hi che it's barney i've been meaning to contact you for ages was probably thinking of writing an email and then i suppose i remembered that there's leaving messages on anchor which maybe just does for now um i've not been in touch because it's been all so busy um it would be of course great to talk about tricksters net again um we got the print copies of that which will should be being able to be put in people's hands one way or another at some point soon. Um, that's been a really good experience. And now, um, I, I and I was going to ask you if you'd seen uh, the Neo Triassic Shoreline Regression Syndrome project that I've uh, that I'm working on now, which has been taking up a fair bit of my time um that's been interesting so far in all different kinds of ways and i'm excited about how that's going uh i've got another deadline soon to for a funding application for the follow up project for tricksters net 
Um, so I've really got to think about that. Um, so loads, loads of things. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a universally terrible podcast listener at the moment. Um, so I've got, I've got, I can't chip in, although of course your episodes have caught my eye. Um, and, and, and I'm still, I'm still in manifesto mode. I'm still, it's still, still there, still there. Hope you well. Bye. And listening back to that message, I sound chirpy and I wasn't chirpy last week. So I guess I'm getting chirpier again and I'm going to try and keep being chirpy. I hope you're chirpy. And I hope all your listeners are chirpy too. All the best. Bye-bye. There you have it. An absolute delightful call from Barney there um, over at Loco Ludus Podcast. Thanks, Barney, for calling. And yeah, I'm chirpy. Chirpier than I was. And I'm glad to hear you're chirpy too. <laughs> all good stuff, man. I'm really glad Trix's net has kind of gone well and you've got the product out and all of that stuff. I'm not aware of the other projects you've been doing because like you pretty bad at listening to podcasts especially in the gaming sphere at the moment but yeah i'm glad to hear from you i really hope that maybe we can get talk again soon it would be good to do another interview with you and uh, find out what's going on you know just get in touch let us know and we'll sort something out i might have a bit more free time in the coming weeks so you know gets easier anyway i i just most of all Thanks for calling. It is lovely to hear from you. And um, I think sometimes, you know, in this gaming community, we can become a little estranged over time. We're not necessarily playing the same games, doing the same things, thinking about the same stuff, even listening to each other necessarily on a sort of constant basis. But you know what? We all have an affection for what we're trying to do. And I really love Barney's podcast. If you haven't checked out Local Leaders, you really, really should. Anyway, enough wittering. I think that's the calls. Let's kind of wrap this thing up. All right then, so that's it for this bonus episode. Big thank you once again for showing up and listening and a massive thank you also to all the callers today. Of course, if you've got questions or comment, you can call in. There's two ways of doing that now. You can hit anchor.fm slash RPG Rescue and you can leave a one-minute message there or you can hit up speakpipe.com slash roleplayrescue and you can leave up to a five-minute call there, I believe. So that's even better. I'll go and put those links in the show notes as usual. And I hope that you will consider calling in with your thoughts or questions. And I guess that's it until the main episode. So I'll kind of leave it there. My name is Che Webster. This is Roleplay Rescue, a bonus call-in episode. I'll see you again on the flip side. Game on.